0: Let's talk about the real world for a moment, shall we? Where you're not some wonderful lone wolf hero, but you're part of a team and you play your position because that's what America is, Mr. Jeffries. It's one big team. Now, this might be difficult for you to grasp, but I am a patriot and a patriot is one who makes the right moral choice. Sometimes it takes a strong man to make that choice. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWired.com. Thank you so much for rejoining us for this episode 288 of this weekly Omnibus News and Analysis Radio program brought to you here on ACR. Now, uh, on the line right now, we have a very special guest, and I just want to preface this by saying... Uh, there is a documentary film, which is due to be released this week, uh, which marks the fifth year anniversary of the downing of Malaysian Airlines Flight MH17. And this was a major global event. It still remains to be one of the most uh, divisive events geopolitically and uh, people have been investigating this uh, in an official capacity or so-called official capacity based in the Netherlands with an international body. But there's also been independent investigations outside of the NATO sphere, as it were. And we have one of those independent investigators on the line. And filmmaker Max van is joining us on the live link. And Bonanza Media is the name of his media organization who is doing this film, MH17, Five Years On, which is coming out uh, imminently. And Max is joining us on the line right now. Hello, Max. Hello, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us, Max. Firstly, I'm just going to say we have a link to your trailer to the film. Uh, It's up at the top of our homepage right now. There's also a link on the show page. Max, uh, the the trailer looks uh, incredibly interesting, It it almost seems like you're going to be revealing aspects of this event that haven't previously been discussed in detail. You're even going to be putting forward uh, some evidence as well, uh, which has not been included in the so-called official investigation. But before we talk about that, Max, um, just give us a, a little introduction into why this film has project has been undertaken by you and your team and how you got involved in this story to begin with. Okay, so I am one of the researchers. I've been on this subject for the last five
1: years and uh, I just got the idea we should make a documentary and explain things uh, to the public. Just. A counter-narrative opposed to what the Joint Investigation Team has presented and what all the dominant media in the West have presented so far. That was the basic idea. And the major credit goes to director Jana Yerashova, who has uh, been the main uh, driving force in this documentary. We were ourselves surprised it was relatively easy to find proofs and evidences that uh, have not been reported by professional journalists in the West, uh, subjects that have not been uh, investigated. So uh, I hope, without disclosing too much about the documentary itself, that
0: uh, everybody will watch it. How how did you get pulled into this story to begin with, Max? Because as you mentioned before, uh, this has taken up a, a lot of of your life, really, in the last five years. I mean, it is a groundbreaking story. It's got massive implications globally, uh, as everybody knows. But yeah. how did you how did you yourself get drawn into this story? And at what point did you say, "I, I have to drop this," or "I'm going forward with this"? Okay, uh, j- just tell us a little bit about about that.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, Well, i followed geopolitics already since I'm 14, 15 years old. I'm just very interested and fascinated by world events and what people do. So, some breaking point for me in my trust in the mainstream media was in uh, 1991 after the Gulf War. uh, There was this story about the incubator babies and the evil forces of Saddam. They just threw the babies on the floor and they took the incubators. And a year later, it was disclosed that... uh, This story never happened, but it was the daughter of the ambassador of Kuwait who uh, told this story and pretended to be a nurse. And it was all a PR set up from the beginning to convince people to support the war. And to me, that was so disingenuous and so shocking that since then, I do not take anything from mainstream media for granted. So uh, with MH17, of course, immediately it became uh, understandable to me and to many people that this would dominate world politics for a long time but also it's almost 200 people from my country who died on board this plane so immediately i was also emotionally uh, attached to this story and i decided to follow it from the beginning more as an observer but when i saw that the official position of the dutch government was not
0: the way i liked i started to follow it more closely and do my own investigations Yes, and, and I have seen a lot of other investigations and what they might call open-source investigations, and there's there's a lot of organizations like uh, Bellingcat, for instance, and a mm-hmm. lot of desktop, desktop-based investigations, and you're one of the few... Independent investigators that has actually been on the ground in eastern Ukraine in the donbass You've been to the crash sites. You've you've conducted interviews. Uh, you've done investigations as your team has as well. So how how is this how is this going to be different? Mm-hmm. How did how did things change when you you physically uh, went on site, Max? How's that different than doing it from a, a laptop in in, well, in um,
1: well, I think open source investigation, social media is a modern tool to investigate things, and it's a very powerful tool. Um, but there's no replacement for investigations on the crime scene itself. I mean, you don't solve a murder case with only social media information. That's the first uh, thing. So the second thing, there there is uh, also the risk of polluted information on social media there's anonymous sources that cannot be verified Uh, so who who is benefiting from putting certain information in the internet can it be trusted how can it be verified this is a a very big problem so there's no equivalent there's nothing uh, better than combining all the
0: possible ways you can investigate something and and so that that leads us to to another question That's kind of important do you think there's a fundamental problem or a fundamental failure in how uh, the Western authorities how the joint investigation team led by the Dutch government, uh, how the United States, how Britain have been approaching this inquiry have been approaching this investigation the media you could throw into that basket as well um, is it did, do you think there's a fundamental problem with how they're looking at it or the angle in which they're coming at it is this one of the reasons why? The, all of the facts are not included in this investigation?
1: Well, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that there was something wrong from the very beginning, that uh, Ukraine was excluded as a potential suspect from the investigation. I think there, the major problem already arose. Um, it became a biased investigation by not allowing Malaysia from the beginning. It's the country that owns the plane. Um, so, that was really shameful, and it's, uh, besides being shameful, it's Against the law, to uh, like ICAO has uh, Annex 13, and there is exactly uh, described how an investigation should be set up. And the fact that you uh, exclude an operator the first four months from the investigation is simply illegal. This is not disputed by aviation law experts. Um, and then also in the West, the hysteria from the very first day while the wreckage was still burning was that... Uh, Russia, it was a Russian-made missile that shot down the plane. Uh, We didn't even know exactly what happened the first few hours, but already the media, uh, the the Western-dominated media, already sent out one narrative. It was a Russian missile.
0: Yeah, and specifically a a surface-to-air book missile. But uh, it seems there's a number of uh, evidential points that might suggest that there could be an alternative explanation although this hasn't been given much presence or space in the conversation at least in the in the western media and within these investigative circles i'm talking about the the dutch led joint investigation team uh, no no counter narratives have really been examined or entertained is that is that true it's they've only stuck mm. to the one specific hypothesis no
1: i i would tend to disagree with that in the beginning there was a lot of attention uh, for the russian position in this uh, situation four days it took the russians four days to come with their first press conference four days already they lost the information war in the first four days but then they came with a press conference and they stated oh uh, here is a possibly, uh, probably a Su-25 fighter jet that uh, comes onto the, to our radars, and uh, so they injected the story about fighter jets. Later, they said we don't have radar data; we cannot give it to the joint investigation team. Then three days before the Joint Investigation Team press conference, all of a sudden the Russians said, oh, look, we found the radar data. Then they presented their data and they said, oh, there's no fighter jet, but also no buck missile. And they never even bothered to explain this clear discrepancy. Um, so uh, the Russians, they made it very easy for the official, uh, for the defenders of the official narrative to discredit Russia. They, they really have to blame themselves partly for that. It's uh,
0: unfortunate, but that's how it is yeah i i I do remember uh when that series of events took place and yeah i i tend to agree with you that uh russia itself had not handled maybe this at all uh, in in the best way and And also uh, if i may interrupt you um
1: the official narrative of the joint investigation team there's many many holes in it there's still many open questions but president putin a few days ago said We Russians, we we as Russia, we have our other version of events, but nobody's listening to us. No, it's not true. I'm asking for five years, what is the official version of events from Russia? And there's no answer. There's no official Russian version that you can verify. There's no consistent story. The JIT story is not true. We Russians, we have proof. this and this and this happens. There is no such version. So, of course, that leads to a lot of speculations, and then it makes Russia look guilty, although, of course, in international law there's the presumption of innocence as the fundament of uh, uh, legal uh, proceedings, but it's not the perception of uh, the people who uh, watch the world
0: news. There's two different things. So, so your, position, your position, unlike a lot of people who are taking sides on, on this, either on the, 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 the Dutch uh, NATO-led side or on the the Russian side, your position is quite unique in that you've flagged up fundamental problems with both sides' uh, or, uh, official uh, official version of events or lack of official version of events, as it were, in the case of Russia, uh, a, a lack of a unified official narrative version of events for the downing of MH17. But so I think I'm looking at your Project Max, and I'm thinking this is one of the more objective efforts in investigating 17 well, thank, thank you for that. But
1: the fact that I'm simply doubting the official narrative and ask questions of which I don't get replies, and then I repeat my question, simply this attitude of mine is already unacceptable for the propagandists in the West. They frame me as Kremlin troll, so I chose to wear it as a badge of honor and make my own website, kremlintroll.nl. Uh, I'm a useful idiot. I'm a truther, whatever that word might mean. So... You are under a lot of pressure to uh, not contest the official version. And uh, then they say, oh, yeah, but this guy is paid by the Kremlin. I mean, how can you defend yourself against that? So uh, the thing is, I'm looking for real proof and I want to find out the truth. That's, that's my position. And nobody so far has convinced me of any credible evidence. I've not seen it. So the JIT says we have it, we'll show it in the court. Well, we're waiting for five years. Let's see what th- what the court will bring. Well, what they have shown so far is very slick 3D video animations and a very professional presentation. But I've not seen anything that I could verify and check on the spot. All the things they mentioned, there is some suspicious uh, things around
0: this and and you talk about the the slick uh, 3D animations and some of these are presented this is this is not just in this case max if you look at the supposed chemical weapons attacks in Syria I'm talking specifically about the incident in Duma in April of 2018, which I'm sure you're familiar with, the, that series of mm-hmm. events that the official bodies, the the OPCW, but also the the adjuncts like the New York Times have this new uh, forensic uh, architect and uh, the forensic architecture is another organization that's providing these kind of really uh, elaborate 3D computer animated simulations as evidence of what happened you yeah. I'm beginning to see a pattern here, Max, uh, in the official circles of the relying on these uh, ornate 3D renderings to sort of support the official narrative. Is this, is this something that you're seeing as a trend right now?
1: Mm, I don't know if it's a trend, but uh, they had these 3D animations ready uh, within 24 hours after the crash. So that was quite remarkable. Um, so there are, in the West, there are information professionals. It's their job. To uh, explain a certain narrative, like the weapons of mass destruction in 2003, when they turned out not to exist. I've not seen the media really look in the mirror and investigate themselves. How could we be so wrong, so massively, and what can we learn from this? There has been no learning process. And I think uh, we need people who question the official narratives. And uh, that's where why the Internet is such a powerful tool.
0: And also, a lot of people commented, uh, Max, recently, uh, especially with the heightening of tensions uh, between the between the U.S. and Iran, between U.S. Israel and Iran and Saudi Arabia and Iran, etc. That back in, in 1988, there was an Iranian airliner which was shot down. Fl- yeah, flight. that was uh, Iran six five five. That's right, and the there's, there's similarities in terms of you know how it impacted geopolitics at the time or potentially but it didn't get really it hadn't received nearly the amount of attention in terms of you know, the, the international coordinated effort to find out what happened there was no well, mystery surrounding well, then,
1: it that, that, is, that, that shows how powerful the United States is, they can control the narrative, uh, like in 1988 um, the US Vincennes, the Navy ship was sailing in uh, Iranian territorial waters it shut down an Iranian plane in Iranian airspace, civilian plane, and nobody was ever convicted, there was no trial, uh, the Iranians tried it in the International Court of Justice, but there was a settlement the United States said we pay $60 million to the victims, we do not apologize, and then the captain and some crew members, they got a decoration, an award for uh, excellent conduct. Um, and then George Bush was asked to apologize, he no, I'm never going to apologize on behalf of America. And if people want to politicize this tragic incident, then they have an agenda, and we don't cater
0: this agenda. So, how different it is now with the uh, Malaysian Boeing MH17? Yes, and and also the 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 location of the investigation uh, being Dutch led for obvious reasons, uh, because the 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 country which lost uh, the most amount of. Of victims in this, but through through your investigation, through your film, and we've seen the trailer and also some some parts of the interview with the Malaysian Prime Minister, who yes. and some other Malaysian officials that commented that they were not included initially. They had to 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 really kick up a fuss. To allow their officials to be included in the inner circle of yes. the official yeah, investigation. You're,
1: you're, a British, you're a British citizen or an American citizen? Um, American. Okay. Imagine there's an American plane flying over Burma and it's shut down, and 100 and almost 200 of your countrymen die. How would your government react if the Burmese authorities say, We give the investigation to uh, Vietnam, and we include Laos and uh, another country. But we won't allow the United States for now to join the official criminal investigation. What do you think would be the
0: response of the United States? Well, it would be outrage. Basically, they'd be demanding, demanding that they be allowed in.
1: So, so let it let it sink in. And now you have Malaysia, who's protesting this investigation. We were excluded from it. We cannot accept this attitude. Then in the Netherlands. The, the premier of an independent country is criticized. Oh, he's an old man. He's an anti Semite. He's a conspiracy thinker. And uh, oh, he wants to have a discount on Russian jazz yes, they're buying. Imagine this self righteous, arrogant, disgusting attitude. I, I
0: cannot fathom this, really. I think it's shocking. And it was evident in, in, in the interview. The clip was uh, televised and it was also up on, it's online right now, but that's also going to feature uh, in your documentary film. Uh, sure. As well, uh, I can assure you, we
1: come up with some uh, pretty good scoops that uh, well
0: reveal a lot about what is wrong with the investigation. That's my promise. And I, I think, uh, just looking at your trailer, Max, and again, people can watch the trailer. There's a link on the show page right now. Um, this this film has the potential to possibly re- redirect, redefine what the conversation is on MH17. And I think it also has the potential to show the inadequacies of, yeah. the, of the JIT. I think there's a number of important questions that look like they're going to be coming up. This is just from watching your trailer.
1: Yeah, okay. it's, it's like uh, it's what has been my position the last five years. I don't know what happened, but I'm looking for information that I can verify. And so far, what I've verified... I really, since today, I don't know what happened, but I know that the official version cannot be the complete story. There's a lot of things we still don't know, and we uh, reveal something in our documentary. But of course, uh, we don't have the
0: resources to solve this crime. That that would be too pretentious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, there's certainly a lot of unanswered questions still. I, I believe this film will will at least be asking the right questions. And in terms of get, getting the answers to those questions, well, I think that's just going to take a lot more work and international cooperation uh, going forward. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, I agree with, with you, Max, that the official version, which has been tabled by the joint investigation team, is incomplete. Uh, and it certainly doesn't answer a lot of the fundamental important questions that remain unanswered. So, But uh, this film will be coming out hopefully this week, Max. Is that right?
1: Yeah, well, there's the editors, they're still working on it and doing the subtitling and making the sound a little bit better. And, uh, well, it's an extremely difficult task uh, from a technical viewpoint to make a good documentary. It's the first time I'm involved in this process. Uh, and I can say it uh, It takes a lot of time to have one minute of film. It takes days, days of work. So, yeah, we hopefully we get it online on the 17th but i don't give 100% promise now i'll i'll put it on twitter from the bonanza media account as soon as we have it yes that's
0: that'll be uh, mh17 five years on this is a yeah the official by- uh, official title will be call for
1: justice mh17 call for justice
0: mh17 call for justice and bonanza media uh, is the team uh, on this project and max is uh, one of the investigators max vanderweef joining us this week on the Sunday wire and uh, we wish you the best of luck Max with the release of this film. We will also be publicizing this and pushing it out uh, when it's available. This is a crowdfunded 100% independent project, right? Correct. Yeah. So this is a, this is a fully independent effort uh, by Max, by the team at Bonanza media and by many, many, many supporters out there from different parts of the world who have helped to make this project possible and so we're really looking forward to it uh, so hopefully we'll we'll speak to you again uh, after the release of your film max i'm sure you're going to have a lot of questions after you have seen the documentary yes yeah. yeah
1: i'm looking forward to discuss it with you again patrick
0: as are we max as are we so thank you for joining us this week on the sunday wire max thanks for having me patrick there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Max van der Wee from Bonanza Media. Uh, the film is A Call for Justice MH17. It's marking the five-year anniversary of one of the most significant events of recent years. It has huge geopolitical implications, and this is possibly one of the best independent investigations into this event that we'll, we've seen yet to date. So we're really looking forward to that documentary film. There's a link to the trailer on the show page right now. Go ahead and check it out. and hopefully this week uh, the feature length version will be available so keep your eyes peeled for that we'll definitely be talking about this next week as well so we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back for closing remarks for this week's Sunday Wire I'm your host Patrick Kenningson. stick around we'll be right back